This week on the Push Forward Lace podcast, we talk about fitness systems, using methodologies or following cults, and we explain a little bit of weight loss, muscle gain, and performance nutrition, and I finally killed Dan. Three, two, one, and Dan is on holiday. All right, guys, welcome to the Bushwell Lace co- podcast. Sorry, I'm not usually going to do that start, but because Dan's not here, I have to fill in. Um, I'm still 144 episodes streak, um, but we have got a guest on. He has appeared before, and he's basically the same person as Dan in uh, the fact that he's a ranty nutritionist, essentially. Um, it's Mr. Josh Silverman. Welcome back, bud. Thanks, mate. I'm really upset. I was, I've was i been practising... Welcome to the Bushball Legs podcast with me, Josh Hilton. <laughs> in that for like a week, mate, and you just don't offend me. I know, jeez. I was thinking about it. I was I was going to make you do it and then be like, you're not Dan. Uh, mm. What's going on? Luckily <laughs> yeah. for you. But I promise I'll try and make this one less than like so, two hours. Yeah, so the last one that Josh appeared on was, I think, our longest ever show. It was between an hour and a half, an hour and 45, somewhere around there. We did, we went, we went on for a bit. We probably should have split it in two, but it didn't really flow that way. So, because I think we were kind of plucking things from left and right. And as we know, Josh likes to chat if you ever listened to him before or follow him on social media. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> or probably say, attend- mate. I've got a lot to say, and I attended one of his courses. He's a big teacher, good teacher as well, amazingly. Um, yeah, so oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> first time that you give me a compliment, I think. Hey, I've taught some workshops with you now, so yeah, I just sit back and just relax, and then you just go on it, and I just wait for my bit to chime in. It's fine. Yeah, I'll just drop. <laughs> That's probably about right. Um, so. If anybody doesn't know josh go dig up like episode 130 or something like that um he talks for a while on that and we're just gonna basically just shuffle down out and then put josh in today he's just gonna be like free-flowing as anything as his friend on here anyway so friend of the show we might as well bring him on um right Thanks. mate so we have got a couple of things to talk about as well um obviously you were on a if anybody follows josh what, what's your instagram josh silverman uh, josh or? underscore ldnm LD man, yeah, there we go. If anybody knows uh, yeah, what that is, then well done. Uh, <laughs> far yeah. bigger company than we are. Um, I don't have a top knot. I don't drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> um, I'm the night. I'm not. I'm the not less crude one, shall we say? Yeah, it's the one that only posts about his bike and raining. You can't ride your bike when it's raining, mate. That right. So Italian bikes just don't get on in the rain. It, it, yeah. it literally fishtails. What that means is I'll either be on the road or upside down on the bike. So. In the rain, it's just not built for the room at all. Amazing. <laughs> I was really confused by that. I was like, I'm pretty sure you can drive a bike in the rain. But you know, it no, is, been... Italian bikes are not waterproof, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, mate. Um, right. So Josh was on SFMA on this. Also, if anybody doesn't know actually who he is, he's the FMS guy. Yeah, I knew it. I'm, I was <laughs> going to say, you want to say it, mate. So just say it. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, the FMS guy, whatever. <laughs> not really, but he really is. Basically, the, SFM, <laughs> the SFMA has even got FMS in the name, just jumbled up. Um, and it, I believe it, it's basically FMS Advanced, the advanced version, right? Yeah, right. it's the medical practitioner version. So like osteos, chiros, I don't know why I was on there. Yeah, but, um, yeah okay, cool. Y- yeah, so <laughs> for those that don't know, FMS is the functional movement screen. So let me just highlight that last word because I think people get confused by it. Um, <laughs> the reason why I like the FMS is because it's probably the only uh, well-researched movement screen there is. That's it. And until there's something that is better that comes out, then I'll keep on using that. But basically, it's a movement screen, which means a snapshot of how someone moves, whereas the SFMA is a selective functional movement assessment. So now you're not just looking at the squat. When you do look at the squat, you break it down into each component, and mainly each joint, and you can literally determine, or what they suggest is that you can determine from all their tests, whether it's a mobility and a stability motor control issue. Should I explain what that means? You can if you want to. Easy way. I'd like to see you explain it as well. Oh, thank you. Cheers, mate. (laughs) I will try and wing this one. Um, So mobility means do you have access to that range of motion, either passively or actively? In other words, can I lift my leg behind my head on my own or can someone get there for me? No, no. 
no yeah yeah no <laughs> and absolutely not i wish um so let's say for instance i bring my leg up and i can't get past my face but someone then tries to do it without me trying to do it myself someone helps me if i can't physically move that leg it's a mobility issue that means i haven't got access to the range something's stopping it however if let's say i go to touch my toes and i can't touch them someone pushes me down and i can touch them with help from someone or gravity or something like that that's a stability motor control issue because i do have the range i just can't access it what do you think good yeah. answer good answer mate yeah textbook. it's almost like you're on a course on the weekend it's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> done so what 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 kind of uh so give a brief outline of the fms because so i think because i i get contacted infrequently about movement screening movement assessments um mm. what they should be doing um but what does entails in the fms what kind of stuff are you trying to assess yeah so it's meant to be the fundamental movement patterns of a human so what happened was the guy that made it gray cook he looked at well he got asked to go into i think it was collegiate football or something like that uh yep. nfl stuff um and they said look our guys are getting injuries we want to train them effectively in the gym what would you do to screen their injury so anyway he just basically jotted down as a human what should we do he started from a baby all the way up to um a, a basic adult and said right we lay on our backs we crawl uh, we walk we jump so squat in for instance so the main tests on the fms are uh, overhead squat single leg lunge called a single leg stance um lying down leg raise for hamstrings i mean a uh, massive massive cat has just i mean you've lost me because right. yeah. <laughs> hey, right, so this cat in the background will attack me at any point okay this is this is crazy she'll start talking to me you're explaining now. fms and all i could Sorry. be my eyes were drawn <laughs> interested anyway it's like this big bengal thing but anyway weird um yeah so um leg raise um quadruped so in other words all four looking for motor control then an overarm and underarm reach for the shoulders and so scratch assessment. Yeah. Can you scratch your back? Um, <laughs> and a press up test. Yeah. So yeah, it's all those tests. Some people try to pretend that it's meant to be there to assess whether or not you've got an injury risk or whether or not you're going to perform well. And it's not that it's, can you do fundamental movements within a required zone? Do you have asymmetries if you're not symmetrical, that's probably worse generally for them than if you can't do a full range squat. If you're better on one leg than the other, what the hell is going on? One leg's worse or aging more than the other or something like that. Yeah, the, one of the, the bugbear for me is people saying that it will predict injury, saying that somebody scored a one and then two, 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 three, 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 whatever. On It's how they rate it. So one, two, three and a zero for injury. Um, but it's a bugbear that people will predict an injury it's like all right this is, this is what i always fall down i was like all right you're doing that now but in in six weeks time you keep doing that if you don't make it better you're going to get injured am i i seem to have got so far doing it <laughs> yeah. okay. um i've never been injured there before maybe something might happen 100 percent. but yeah i I'd say not to because the... of an assessment Basically. yeah no it's not an assessment i do say to the client look I, I don't care about your overall numbers what i what i would look at where you might start getting slight niggles or overcompensations later on which may may potentially lead to an issue is if one leg is worse than the other that's what we've got to look at why is that happening can we find that out we can't with a functional movement screen you can't um but you can highlight look one arm is reaching further than the other that may be something you want to go see someone about potentially or it could be that you're just right-handed and you've adapted to it. It, it there's loads of different things or you may have always driven with your right hand being up and your left hand being down who knows there's loads of different aspects but do you know what it should be used as and that's a programming tool so 100 yeah. percent. yeah so if you're seeing someone that can't reach above their heads why the hell are you tell them to overhead squat or do a shoulder press behind their head or something like that that that's where the injury risk will lie is if someone doesn't screen someone and then gives them a movement that they can't simply perform control or actually execute correctly that's all yeah it's one of our one of our golden rules isn't it so it's it's under or body weight load before loaded right 
So yeah. it should be that, that's how we're going to progress somebody. It's an easy way to progress somebody. It's pretty much written in. So there's no. I think the overhead one is the biggest one that people will just generally chuck in because oh, I need some shoulder work. Eh, don't really need to press overhead to do some shoulder work. No. Be, I'll be happy with just some light raises. Cool, amazing. Yeah. Get some rear delt fly things going on. Decent. Even better. Um, yeah, very, very strange that there, there should be some. Just in weirdly, the CrossFit community um, is a big one for this. <laughs> just yeah. pressing overhead, no, no shits given, basically, and just going straight in. Very strange, but I think I think I've outlined it before on even my assessments. I don't strictly use the FMS, hundred percent don't, because I'll be like, all right, well. Do I need this core stability test? Nah, okay, I can assess it in a, a little bit different way where I'm going to put under a little bit more stress through the hip. I like looking at the hips. I generally go, all right, they will lunge, they will hinge, they will squat, they will push, they will pull. I'm going to assess the most basic variations of all of those and then see what I said. Like, I'm good enough to kind of know what I'm doing, note down some issues. Cool, let's go from there um, and go correct. Um, so it's, it's not... A fundamental. I see how Josh, because it's the most researched, it's the most readily available. It's pretty applicable as well. Really yeah. easy to apply within a setting. Because what you said, right? I think because it originated within, yeah, NFL. They wanted to get around a lot of people in a yeah. short amount of time. These are movements that every coach can start to look at and just generally have an eye for because they see them in every day, like gym work. So this is how it's going to be to get it's, me in and out very fast it's great for group settings and i mean look if if we look at our job as in mine and yours being educators our biggest thing that we want to do with our pts at, at third space is buy into a system now if me and tom were just to create education course after course after course and we had six courses because our, basically our pts go through a number of courses depending on where they are a in their journey at third space b in their career and c how well they've been doing throughout their career as well so sessions etc if we just kept on going yeah this is one that josh and tom created yeah this is another one josh and tom created. <laughs> yep. like the buy-in is going to be rubbish so if yeah. i bring in a company such as fms that everyone knows and go look we're giving you qualifications not only from us but from experts shall we say like gray cook and you're going to get a certificate from a different company that we're going to utilize we're also going to do a bridging course on like these are the limitations this is how we would use it at third space but for buy-in from a pt pts generally want qualifications that are researched heavily and have a lot of credibility and that's what it does and there are some you know people that don't like it but generally the people that criticize it are criticizing it because they're measuring the wrong thing or they're putting it next to something that it's not meant for that's all but that's mainly the reason why i picked it pt buying it's as simple as that yeah so so for people who maybe have done the fms or are thinking about doing it why did you go further one step further and do the sfma um in all honesty they invited me on for a free course um, <laughs> <laughs> so, wow <it's> baller <laughs> mate i'm the fms guy what can i say they're gonna send me there aren't they they're like this guy loves it this everyone's in the fms guy <laughs> no so yeah they invited me on i'm probably to sell me sfma but, <laughs> I, I am getting more and more, you know, I've done FRC, so I'm the FRC guys, well, probably. Um, <laughs> basically, what really, really frustrated me way, about there, F- there is no chance of Josh being the PRI guy. Sorry. No, I did do one <laughs> of the courses. That was, um, yeah, I do. To be honest, though, I use some of the drills. I do oh, use okay. some of them. Yeah, and then I always go, all right, we can do it a different way. Yeah, exactly. Every, yeah, you can. Yeah, every single time you put it, <laughs> put it in front of me, I'm like, all right, let's explain it a different train. Yeah, I mean, but I didn't I didn't really get on with their methodologies and I didn't fancy learning anatomy in a totally different way that they prescribe it. And it's totally different to actual human anatomy in different terms. It was just really strange for me. But yeah, so FRC, for instance, I went on the FRC course, for those that don't know, is a functional range conditioning course, which teaches you end range conditioning and end range control, which is in effect you would get better mobility. With mobility, we mean as well stability motor control, which means they can actually access the range. So it gives them access, yeah? The issue I had with FRC over those two days is you would see someone sit down, do an internal rotation test on the hip, and the guy would literally go, yeah, I'm happy with that. And so I put my hand up and go, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the measurement of I'm happy with that? What are you measuring? How much degrees are you looking for? And tell me why you're looking for that. What's your research on that? And he was literally like, oh, you have to do our assessing course for you to know that. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. 
you're getting people then to go and increase mobility, maybe in a range that people don't need. So you're making them more mobile than needs be and away from normative data. Do they really need to be that mobile and flexible? Yeah. So, but they don't allow you to do the assessment course until you know the correctives. So I don't know what I'm measuring to correct. So I was really confused. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, do you know what? I just, and the way the course was, it, it really bugged me anyway, but and I'll, I'll mention it afterwards and what really got to me. But SFMA gives you the measurements. So it goes, right. If someone can't do a squat, let's break this down joint by joint and do all these tests where I can tell, or they believe that you can tell whether it is a mobility or stability motor control, it's literally a whole flow diagram of where you're looking. And yeah. it does pinpoint loads of stuff. I mean, the problem with it is you get a shopping list of literally mobility, stability motor control, mobility. Did it, out of all your joints, maybe one of them's all right. And you're like, flipping hell, you're broken. <laughs> they walked in and for the last 40 years, they've been all right. But yeah. so, yeah, I wanted to do it so I could actually have some data to go, okay, I know FRC techniques to increase your mobility. And now I know what the research says that you should be at, how much degrees of internal and external rotation. So at least now I've got a measurement to go, okay, you do need to work on mobility or someone else that comes in. No, we don't need to do that with you. you funnily enough, I don't need to do FRC on everyone. So yeah, I, I'm just going to do it on the people that fall short that SFMA said, basically. Yeah. And that's like, you've done the perfect thing of mashing two things together. Like, oh, these are giving me the answer for that. I like their kind of technique for doing this. Blam. You might like the correctives more. And I feel like the FRC is, it's more jazzed up. There's more yeah. like correctives that you can kind of, yeah, you can do this straight away. Look at this. This is awesome. You know, like, and that's what I get from, obviously I've only seen like some of the social media stuff and reading a lot of their, I'm using air quotes research, uh, of the stuff they put <laughs> yeah. out. That was an interesting <laughs> conversation when I asked them about research as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it doesn't exist. Um, no, the, we can't <laughs> research this. I said, I'm pretty sure you can, yeah, you, you can. can probably get two groups, one doing your stuff, one doing another. But, <laughs> That's how research works. I'd be like, we could do it right here. I was like, I'll go do all four here. You do the FRC stuff, and then we'll come back in, and then we'll decide who's got better. So like, yeah. <laughs> that'd be absolutely fine. So, but yeah, that's that's critical analysis. That's it's too much. Um, I mean, but, something I liked about the SFMA was literally they said on this course, we're not going to teach you correctives. What we're going to do is we're going to do the tests, and you're going to show us what you would do in your knowledge base and your setting. So we had osteos doing stuff. We had physios doing stuff. I was the only PT there or PT trained. And interestingly, the stability motor control stuff, how to make it stick. That was my thing on that day. Literally like, no, no, this is how you now pattern that or you make it proper movement. And a load of physios and osteos were taking notes, which showed a massive gap in the industry of some people who manipulate stuff, but don't know what to do in order to hardwire that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this is a constant argument that I I work with a fair few physios, and we've we've got our resident guy that we ask for advice from called Alex Kravievsky, whatever his name is. Alex Smith, everybody knows him on the show. Um, who's in the group? If you ever want to ask him, any he's uh, rehab to robust on Instagram, and uh, but he's a physio and a strength coach. So he's, he's crossed the path and realized I can do all this stuff. He's got like a three times body weight deadlift, like two forty or something like that. He's pretty strong. I'm sold. But, <laughs> take my then, money uh, yeah so but he's just like if there's this lack of i had an argument with an osteo and a physio from the program that they wrote and this is about like apparently there i had a client so she's still with me 18 months down the road doesn't see the osteo anymore or the physio it's fine she's with me which is good she's all wonderful so she had si joint pain um and the the diagnosis was diagnosis was uh she was she was hypermobile i knew that thanks um <laughs> but she was uh she, she was uh they were like she's bilaterally weak and unilaterally weak and i was like all right wonderful okay and, and her glutes aren't she's strong, weak like right yeah. i was like i was like oh shit she's not it's like she's unilaterally very weak but bilaterally, she was okay. She seemed to fire up pretty well bilaterally because that's all she'd ever done. She'd right. never go near unilateral stuff. And then, but the uh, <laughs> the rehab program that was given, bear in mind, it's a whole. She needs to get her glutes working. All right. And I was like, what about her doctors? Surely, once she wants to control those, is that gonna that gonna help? No, no, of course. Not. Don't worry about that muscle. No. <laughs> but then uh, the whole group, the, forget them. The protocol was. She was like, oh, she needs load in. Um, she needs to do body weight glute bridges about fifteen to twenty, four times and see what happens i was like i'm sorry right. 
<laughs> so I think we said this before about the stimulus effects, like of making a corrective after that. I was like, I was like, and then it'll be like, oh, nothing, nothing happened. I was like, yeah, yeah, because there wasn't enough stimulus to actually elicit a response. No any shit. kind of any kind of change. You haven't added an external load that she's not used to. Yeah. So it's very, very strange. This is my obviously I'm speaking in general terms. Not all osteo. I know some great osteos. One's works with uh, who's the boxing guy? Annie Joshua. He's his osteo. Obviously knows how to load him. Well, there's uh, actually two in <laughs> now. So there's um, Henry Howe. Is that his name? Henry, Henry Howell, osteo. Um, I think that's how you spell it, um, yeah. or how you say it. So Henry, he was an osteo at Third Space Medical and then moved on the gym floor because he saw yeah, there was yeah. a trans, uh, exactly. bit of an issue. Yeah, yeah and, and there's also a new uh, lady in Third Space, in Canary Wharf as well. Again, it must be the osteo place. Uh, Naomi, her name is? Yeah, she, I think I know. She, yeah, she's finishing her. Yeah, you was on the assessment day when yeah, yeah. we hired her. Um, she's finishing her osteo degree, and even she was saying on course today, because I was teaching today, always a teacher. Um, she was saying today how there is that big, there's that big gap, and yeah, yeah I think we people are starting to see it. So even osteos are going, no, I need to get on the gym floor because this is how I'm going to actually correct and fix my client, <laughs> fix somebody over the long term, yeah. not be like, yeah. Because I think we've all we've all met people or we know of people that have been to a physio for like, yeah, I did my six sessions and I'm not better. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's six yeah. hours or six half an hour. Because that's that's also a fault of the system. In the NHS, it's half an hour sessions. You don't see them enough. Yeah. I know Alex has moaned about that before. That's why he went private. And he was like, I get to see them more. They, people come because they're spending mm. their own money, that kind of stuff. It does actually benefit. But we've slightly gone off topic. But Yeah, soz. <laughs> it generally does happen with Josh. If you've ever been to one of his course, it lasts about 10 hours. So it's fine. That's all so about got- apart from the course <laughs> so what we what josh wanted to talk about actually he sent me a, it was like this would be the most kind of well, was it to be most structured uh, podcast that we've ever ever done uh, <laughs> but yeah you actually wrote a little list for us so you wanted to i guess we we started over with the, the advantages and disadvantages of these popular systems so yeah. these are these are popular corrective assessment tools i guess you wouldn't really go into like performance tools maybe but you wanted to talk about what are what are the advantages and disadvantages for the I guess the popular ones that we we know of exos stuff for performance yeah. right for strength stuff you've got like I know strength and bodybuilding uh, you got the right renaissance periodization they yeah. pretty much run the roost and I know a lot of bodybuilders powerlifters follow a lot of their stuff which is cool uh, it's not it's not very I don't know it's very generic that's the only that's the only issue with that because you just buy a product um i guess within pff, rehab settings you got your pri frc your sfma fms that screen but any others that are kind of big well known out around there i don't know no i think those those are the stores if you don't know what they are go look them up um yeah. and then you'll you'll be one step ahead of li- nearly 90 percent of personal trainers maybe. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah what, the, the overall I mean, the overarching theme to all of it is like, no matter what course you go on, unless it's really out there, then you're probably going to find something or one thing that you can implement. But I think the bit, the biggest thing is, is these cult like people. And usually th- this shows me a sign of a critical thinker. So if someone goes to a course and sees some stuff happen and go, oh my God, this works, this must be the answer. I'm <laughs> going to do this on everyone regardless of what anyone else is doing out there because yeah i think what what people should be doing is going on these courses and going oh i can use that oh i can use that and oh i can use that so people got very confused because i'm the fms guy that when someone asked me about squats and they literally opened up the combo with me, josh you're the F- fms guy what do you think this means and i'm Who like this i love them <laughs> yeah someone at city and i was like um no no first of all I don't like it was the overhead squat. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the knees coming in, what does that mean? Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I don't agree with it because that's not telling you that that person definitely has, you know, knee valgus. That's not saying that. It's just saying stick something above their head, make them do something they never do, and they probably don't know how to perform it. So I probably wouldn't take that as there's an issue there. It's maybe just they don't know what they're doing, basically. So yeah um i went off topic but um <laughs> weirdly yeah uh, yeah i think the problem with most courses is it does create cult-like things because the people that deliver the course are obviously very passionate about what they what they've written and what they've created and that's great yeah. but 
if they stand there and say this is the only way, they are out and out liars because other people in the world are getting the same results with different techniques and they're just disregarding that. So my advice or my whole thing about all this stuff, these courses is whatever your client picks is what you choose. Whatever your client buys into and what they feel works for them, go for it. Like if that's PRI, if that's FRC, if that's SFMA, FMS correctives, whatever, or what you can understand and implement and maybe progress. That's what you should be doing, because otherwise they might pick PRI and you don't know what you don't know what you're doing with it. And you don't know how to progress it. You don't know how to make it stick. So, yeah, that's it, really. I think. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, I concur. I think we've we've said it before. How how we're choosing to build our education systems is to take bits, sprinkle it in what we like. Well, especially as us as trainers, like what we think works, what we like the look of, what we don't look like a moron for doing is one of the big ones for me as well. Um, I don't want to look like it doesn't it looks mental on the gym i was just like yeah what, what are they doing that looks mad great cool yeah. that's a, a lot of buy-in from everybody else but, um but yeah so i think the disadvantage of that you, you end up being in this little bubble as well and you only know the people that are doing that or within your system you get and it's kind of like all oh, right you're never gonna see any of these other people and you just disregard them unfollow them don't take any information it's always going to be on ne- in a negative context as well but mm-hmm. yeah but i can do this all right great but we still got the same- it, stop- it just stops human debate like you think you found a system yeah. and then all of a sudden someone comes and says no no i don't think that's right because x y and z now if you take that as someone arguing with you you're probably not at the time in your education or in your career to you know take any advice so go do what you're doing go learn a bit more and then come back when you've grown up but it's more around like if someone challenges you like as in you know um professionally that actually stimulates your brain to go actually why do i think that like why why do i think this do you know what i mean and it takes a lot takes a lot for someone to turn around and go do you know what i think i was wrong and maybe i should maybe i should look into that i think it's it's interesting because it 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 we, I feel like there's always more agreeable terms within just the kind of the movement kind of fitness sense, like section of health. And then you've obviously got the nutrition section, which is your more heavily, maybe previously more heavily into, right? But Full you've also got gimps, mate. <laughs> the worst but, thing in the world. Every, because I always think it's because everybody does it. Everybody has their own nutrition. Therefore, everybody yeah. has an opinion upon that. Everybody yeah. has been to a gym. Everybody has been running so therefore they have an opinion of something but uh maybe of their fitness and what they think works for them but you can generally be won over because you're going to try stuff they haven't really tried yes diets and food is very personal like it's crazy everyone eats so everyone has an opinion that's that's literally it conventional (laughs) wisdom is literally the worst thing oh but i i've i've been told i don't know who they're going to go to to be told this stuff there must be one person in the world that's telling everyone everything it's mum that is mum even my mum even my mum now and even things like my mother-in-law and stuff they'll tell me no this is this is right josh and i'm like no it's not no no it definitely is disregard what i know don't worry it's just my profession that's all right i'll tell you what yeah let's listen to sally who's like (laughs) working in a shop because her friend lost a load of weight on booty because she didn't eat and she drank some tea okay we'll listen to that go buy that okay fine enjoy great i I like how they've done booty is it to like kind of lose yeah it's great booty's the one booty (laughs) but yeah obviously the diets i think we within the fitness industry yeah cool but they've with the amalgamation of we've we've started what the calorie guys obviously we were like oh, the calorie guys as if that's a cult it's a thing yeah <laughs> as if that's a course i'm gonna go guys. to the calorie guys today <laughs> Mate, that's how i'm gonna i'm gonna do courses on calories yeah, because it's clearly not just, known in the industry <laughs> you should just be like yeah they've got the keto guy and then you got the the apple cider vinegar guy who's it yes. coach carter that's in yeah whatever it's james carter yeah, oh, the apple cider Guy. he's an apple cider vinegar guy um all that kind of stuff but you could be the calories guy but yeah, there's <laughs> but there's also a cult for the mass i think they're even they're even bigger cult follow, followings within nutrition and it's madness but as we've seen it doesn't matter which one you follow you're going to get the same result hopefully yeah. if you follow this underlying principle same within fitness you're going to find they're all generally the same kind of thing just moving the joint in a certain different way to get to the same goal 
they're all trying to get to the same goal let's just let's all be friends yeah and maybe just find the one that you can understand and yeah. whatever one you can simplify in your head and go okay they've gave, given me all this you know these terminology give me all this if you confuse your client when you tell them about it you're doing it wrong so and it probably means that you don't understand it because you're trying to just regurgitate what they say but if you can really simplify it it means that you probably understand it more than most people and that you can apply it now. I think, it. I think the probably, probably cause I'm, I'm completely biased, hundred percent honest from the, I, I did the two day integration into fitness postural restoration course. Right. And exactly what you just said is why I don't apply it because I didn't really understand it. I was like, I can't get my head around how to apply this. I can't get around some of the science. And I was like, I'm not too bad with the human body. I kind of know where things go and what they yeah, do. Yeah, you've got a master in that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it. I was like, I just don't get <clears throat> all the respiratory system having a massive effect on all my bones. And I was like, I get that it can do, but I don't know it. I was like... So what were they actually saying? Because the one I did was on something called myokinematic restoration, which is like part of the pelvis, etc. So they didn't really get heavily into the diaphragm. They did a bit um, and about yeah, our, our whole thing was about heavily about diaphragm, like uh, so the left pattern. So you got the left IAC, whatever, all that kind of crap. Yeah, left IAC, PEC pattern. So it, basically, what I took out from that course was breathe out. You'll probably be all right. Um, oh, decent. I'll remember that <laughs> next time I'm suffocating. <laughs> but it was about pushing the rib cage down towards the pelvis uh, on a certain side because of where the diaphragm sits and how okay, you use it's asymmetrical yeah because it's asymmetrical right and then there's one in 10 million people that have it flipped over the other way but i was like you're going to be very unlikely to find that person um but then you're pushing it down but it was the manual therapy of it i was like all right you're teaching us the oh there was a lot of doctors osteos physios in the room but 50% of trainers. <laughs> We're not it's fitness to... integration. I don't think the insurance company is going to be happy if you manually manipulating a cage. Get on this table and then like, then a physically, like forcefully, when you breathe out, push your rib cage down towards your pelvis. While oh, lovely. You breathe out, and then, then suddenly we're going to be like, all oh, good and, and stuff is going to happen. The, the one, the, the, the thing I argued was, uh, they put a picture of Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal up. It was like, two, I would say they, yeah, they're the most successful tennis players in the world ever. Yeah, they do all right in history, right? And then they were saying why why uh, <laughs> Rafa has abs and Roger doesn't because of PRI apparently. Um, because, have abs? Yeah, yeah. So they because so basically they he they had a picture of uh, Nadal like massively lean um and basically with his abs out and he was like pretty vascular and like that's how he is because he's a big powerful player what that's what he does and yeah. roger didn't really have that he had kind of a just a normal stomach fine and that's how he was all flowy and all this kind of because his breathing patterns apparently and how he how he puts his diaphragm down so his uh abs are a little bit more compressed and so it shows a little bit more fat and then it's not super like so if you bring your ribcage up, then you stretch your abs. We know that, okay? And that was the reason why... <laughs> nah, mate, I just looked. I, put my ribcage, I can't reason. see my abs. They were talking about, like, congregate and convex, like, ab positions right. within Carl and Federer. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You totally disregard it. All their diet, their S&C programming, their the conditioning programming, yeah. their genetics. <laughs> I was like, how much time they spend yeah, doing any of this stuff? I was like, their macronutrients, the micronutrients, all this other outside there, outside stress, how they play the game, what kind of, yeah. Okay, so young. my client comes in, they, they're, <laughs> they're overweight, they want abs. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, mate. Take really? a lay down, I'm going to massage your heart <laughs> with my finger by driving it through your rib cage. This That's is when, definitely going to give you abs. And, they're going to come also, back as well. They're going to pay good money for also that. one about strongmen, because it was about keeping rounded, and they're like, oh, this is how you recover, right? Because people are like, they're panting, they're trying to get air into their lungs. That's why you kind of, you don't want to do this to stretch out, like raise your hands above your head, because that's what you generally go to. Like, yeah. get the stitch out, let's, yeah, try and do that. I want to be here to try and get my lungs depressed. They were talking about strongmen picking up, uh, like, what are they called? The massive bulls. I don't know, massive Bulbous, heavy Atlas Stones. Talking about them, and they were saying they do that in that position because that's the correct diaphragmatic and ribcage position to do that in. I'm like, that's the only way you can pick up a ball. It's <laughs> on the floor. 
<laughs> I'd go backwards and pick it up. If it was on the, if it was on a shelf, I'd lean back. I was but, like, that's yeah. the only way they do it because that's the only way to pick up the ball. There's, there's no other way. So yeah, I'm not surprised why you were confused by what you can yeah. implement. On that. So that that was, but I do. I, there was a couple of things that I do take away, and I was like, I can still use this, like hamstring activation, but actually fine. I think we butchered that topic, mate. So um, pick what you like, sprinkle it around. It's fine. Um, if you don't know, then ask. If, yeah. Ask somebody who who uses a variety of things and then just take it. So quite happy to do that because um, we do. I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> massive amounts. I do a little bit of FMS assessing, a little bit of NSAM assessing, a little bit of my own stuff. Absolutely fine. I think that was the biggest, the penny drop when Brett Contreras said, he was just like, I don't do any generalized assessments. I just assess what he was like. I assess my pull. I assess my push. Do the most basic variations and see where you can go from there. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I think as long like, as you're looking, you're assessing something, you're going, do you know what? I, I know this isn't the same human all the time. Cool. Yeah, these people have obviously got a big background of knowledge base of what they're meant to be looking at within yeah. those movements, and that could be. Um, as well, this is another one: is is trying to implement the advice from people that work with a very specific niche. So. Mm. I, I was training um, someone who was going kayaking around Bermuda because that used to be my sport. And if you would have looked at the exercises... Kayaking I around before, Bermuda used to be your sport? No, just, just kayaking, mate, oh, in cent- in East End of London with a charity on the River Thames, literally making myself <laughs> sick. Um, but the actual client was doing it for a charity around Bermuda. And his, you know, uh, air quotes of power for kayaking would not look... Or let's say conditioning for kayaking would not look the same as running conditioning so if i started to show you what i was doing and said this is going to make better or going to condition this client better well unless you're sitting in a boat and doing everything from your torso and shoulders and you went running it probably is not going to help you yeah so yeah this is where as well you know you look at people like eric cressy for instance work with baseballers amazing flipping trainer like i'd love to know 10 percent of what he knows but when he's putting posts up going you should only do this most of the time he will even say this is in the context of who I work with. And that is yeah. a baseball player. Simple. So it doesn't mean do this with general pop Sally. Yeah. So that's another one as well. Follow good people, but just bear in mind context. Like Sally's, Sally's getting a beating from you today. She's done my nutting all week. She's been lying to me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Sally's just an easy name. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anyone Sally. That's probably why. So I'm not actually like, uh, um, offending anyone. On the sidetrack of uh, water sports, um, I guess we have to congratulate Ross Edgley, friend of the show. Um, he's finally moved on from a bigger show than Push Pull Legs to be on Joe Rogan. Um, just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Done BBC News, everything, bit on TV. And now he's doing the States tour. But just remember where it started, Ross, right? right <laughs> we, uh, Tom and Dan made you, Ross. All right? If it weren't for them, you would have exactly. drowned. And And... And let's 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 always forget, remember that Ross asked to come on our show. We didn't ask him; he asked to come on us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, Tom's not bitter about this at all. <laughs> no, fair play to him; absolutely amazing. But also, can I just point out? I think he's going to be a little bit if if it does go through in the next like six months. Um, there is a French guy who is swimming across the Pacific Ocean right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that will be interesting what ross thinks of that obviously amazing feat that he's just swum around the whole of britain mental um for six hours at a time swimming all the kind of weird stuff jellyfish things chafing everywhere like salt tongue whatever that business is couldn't walk afterwards but yeah it's another friend Mate, it's old so, news now i want to follow pierre in the in the pacific that's <laughs> exactly. old news he ain't ross does not impress me anymore uh, it's pierre. he's it's like pierre. tugging a little canoe behind him as well so it's mental absolutely mental though so he reckons eight months it's gonna take him uh, wow <laughs> crazy yeah, i'll be bored after two two yeah. minutes i'll be like nah i'm gonna yeah. go back there burger I'm going just home. imagine that you got all the press launch like yeah this would be really good doing all these interviews then you're like you're kind of like two days in you're like what have i done am why I am idiot? i doing this what an idiot yeah yeah Mate, i mean at least near the near land you kind of generally know what the tide and all the water's going to be like i feel like in the middle of the ocean you can time it yeah middle of the ocean slightly well yeah there's, there's no time but you, you don't well you kind of know when weather systems are coming but it's going to be hard for him to know that when he's in there uh, <laughs> jesus yeah hats off to him i can't remember his name but go look him up google him so french. pacific ocean french guy um yeah probably <laughs> definitely yeah so 
what you also wanted to touch base on, and I thought it was quite interesting because myself and Dan have done, I think it was after the first PT1 course that we ever taught, and I was staggered um, at the uh, <laughs> differentiation of, of muscle mass building and of weight loss. I think oh, kind of people, PTs, generally know how much they can lose, I think, but muscle mass was mental, and we outlined that. I think we even gave it the title because we were like, oh, I was astounded that it wasn't a generalized thing that was taught. Um, mm. It's not, obviously. Um, no. Tosh. 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 Great <laughs> name. <laughs> you, you teach uh, level three, right? So, yeah, do, it's, it's not it's not something that is taught on level three, right? No, the, the standard sort of answer is how much weight can I lose from a client would be one to two pounds a week. That's what everyone says. It can usually fall under that. So people are right, but they're not doing the right calculation to get that right. It's kind of like saying we can only use 20 to 30 grams of protein per serving for muscle mass or whatever. That fits most people, not we can use, but I mean, optimal man for muscle building is that. It generally fits most most people because of the calculation, but they don't know how they got to that. It's just really astounding. What we do is we basically give an in-body result, which is like a body composition result of me. And we say, right, if this was your client what would you want them to do as a goal everyone says muscle mass and offends me you've got to lift weights to get muscle mass um, so they'll go look he's got he's quite lean i'm like yeah, of course i am i'm ripped um and then they'll go right he, he needs a bit more muscle like okay i could have told you that as well but then you go right okay over 12 weeks what are you going to tell this client how much muscle can he gain Literally every single one, PTs, fitness professionals in that room that generally we consider as probably one of the best in the UK if they're working for third space and we've picked them. Generally, every single one of them gets them wrong. It will range anywhere, literally from one kilo in the 12 weeks up to eight or nine kilos. Eight or nine kilos? That's the highest I've had, eight or nine. And I told them straight away, I will buy two sessions a day with you right now <laughs> you can get eight to nine kilos of muscle mass in 12 weeks without giving me steroids you're, i'm i'm taking pt with you right now yeah. because they use some ludicrous calculations they don't know the calculation it's not taught at all there are some that so pt1 we teach this on there was one that we taught last week wasn't it yeah last week someone did come up with quite a good idea and went well if i give you a 500 calorie surplus three and a half thousand calories that equal one pound of weight gain okay at least you're kind of thinking about it but that doesn't equal one pound of muscle mass yeah it's not the same calorie amounts um but at least you're kind of going oh this is how much that weighs so it must be that but even that is off off the mark because then that means for every three and a half thousand calories in that week i'm going to gain a pound of muscle so one pound of muscle a week i wish like crazy but yeah, so <clears throat> rates of and then surely the, the but then with that because did they did they factor in the calculation? Obviously, with coming down, you have to do a different calculation of your calories because it's going to decrease based off your weight, right? Did they yeah. do that as well going up? So how? All oh, right, okay, so that'd be too logical. <laughs> it was just like, look, here we go, five hundred calories. Now I weigh this, therefore now my calorie consumption needs to be higher to hit my pound. Yeah, no, that'd no? be too logical. It's just flat Even with weight loss. People don't get that. It's rates of weight loss, a percentage change of your total weight at that time. So every week, your weight loss rate is going to decrease because you weigh less. So you're moving less mass. So it's it's amazing. The rate of weight loss. I think that's a misunderstood con- like conception that the rate of weight loss is generally the same percentage, but yeah. will be slower as an absolute value. Yeah. And yeah. as you adapt, as you lose weight, your body becomes adapted to what you're doing so you become more efficient at doing it so let's say running when you start running first and foremost you burn a ton of calories the body adapts to that and goes i need to get better at the efficiency of running so that i can conserve more energy so now you burn less calories running and this is where people go oh you've got to shock the body the body doesn't know what you're about to do mate (laughs) i'm now going to chuck my hand in the air didn't know i've shocked it i've confused it i confuse it all the time i'm erratic in movement you don't need to confuse it but when people go change up the program mm, even though you don't really need to but just note you're going to get more efficient at doing stuff that's how you adapt so you'll probably burn less calories but there's no way you're going to burn no calories at all there's no exercise where you burn no calories i love the shock i think we did one of our first podcasts on shock your body because we were just like what does he what is it what does that mean i don't understand 
Don't like know. just accidentally like throw get people to throw things at you as you That's train. Cool. <laughs> like, ah, dodge, God. dive, and dodge. <laughs> yeah, stop throwing spanners at you. Just dodgeball. But it's okay. So the basics. Oh, you want to talk about? So the, you do the basics of weight loss versus muscle gain versus performance nutrition. I think that last one is something that's not covered very often in no. performance nutrition. What would be so? Speaking as a person that's been practic- practicing nutrition, you've been eating all your life, but practicing helping people with nutrition for, uh, <laughs> for I'd say, was it 10 years plus? Um, pro- actually, oh, properly, yeah. like yeah. non being a bro, probably about five, six years. Uh, oh, before six, that, yeah. I was doing all of uh, paleo, mate. That's what I was. I like, I like that when, because uh, being down, the people are like, oh, like, how long have you been training for? Like, properly? three years probably properly a couple of months <laughs> not not well what, what were you doing before that stuff that you're doing uh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do mate that's why you look like that yeah. so yeah that's generally what the, i was like what you've only been trained for that long I'm like properly properly i've been trained. following your plan for that long yeah okay uh so performance nutrition people don't talk about that very often no i, th- oh. I think people do it in training in context in other words what do i need to do to lose weight what do i need to do for my client to gain muscle what program do i need to do for strength pts are great at that what pts are generally fall down on is context of diets something that will make you lose weight doesn't necessarily mean that this could be a whole can of worms i'm gonna i won't (laughs) run i won't run um may mean that it's perceived as being unhealthy whatever that means However, with weight loss generally comes health, but we'll leave that there. In other words, I can go and eat a full diet of McDonald's, still lose weight and probably still increase my health a bit. But we know that's not optimal for health. Whereas I can have a healthy diet, whole foods, vitamins, minerals, but still not lose weight. Then I can give you a diet which is great for performance, but does nothing to body composition. So you will get clients, sorry, PTs asking things about, okay, does the type of carbohydrates matter? And I give that annoying answer of it depends. Mate, like, you just got a pump full of dextrose straight after. It's yeah. Fine. And caffeine, apparently. Like, <laughs> this, did you hear that Joe Rogan podcast with the MMA nutritionist? Uh, we, we've discussed oh, it. Oh, my before. God. <laughs> even recently, there was, um, you know, Tyson Fury's fighting, is it uh, Dillian White soon? Yeah. Mate, his nutritionist, sport, these people at the pinnacle of like sports performance, they're literally saying, yeah, but don't forget, we eat little and often to stoke the metabolic fire and we only eat ketogenic. We only eat ketogenic when he doesn't train. Otherwise, we don't. Um, you what? don't go into ketosis just <laughs> by going low carb two days a week. <laughs> that doesn't happen, I'm afraid. But anyway, um, yeah, the PTs put it into context and be like, right, what about the type of carbs that I eat? And I'm like, it doesn't. low GI doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. High GI doesn't matter. It's the context of the whole how much carbohydrates you're having because of how much calories you're having potentially, even then, whatever. But as long as you're in a calorie deficit, don't worry about it. Do what the client prefers and what goes towards their behavior. Then they'll turn around and go, but Josh, you spoke before about when you was working with, because I worked with a couple of karate athletes. You would, When you was working with those guys, you started talking about how you would use simple carbs straight after a fight. And I'm like, no, no, right. You're getting the context confused here. Those athletes... I had a 25, 30 minute window for the next fight. So my goal, because it's like a five minute fight, my goal is to try to A, get a load of energy in them and B, get some as much glycogen as we kind of can in that really short window. The best way of doing that, especially for digestion, give them a load of like jelly because then they're going to digest it quickly. They're going to recover. They're going to feel better. They won't get an energy crash. That's all rubbish. They'll actually feel more energized. And hopefully, don't know, they may have replenished some of that glycogen need. That's different. Like recovery nutrition against like weight loss, against performance, supplements for it and stuff like that. It doesn't mean the same. It's not the same stuff. Like when people go, what supplements do you use? Well, in an athlete, if they are trying to be the pinnacle of their sport, I would use HMP, I would, HMB, sorry, not HMP, that's a prison. I'd use HMP, <laughs> I'd use beta alanine, I would use all stuff like this, even sometimes um, carbohydrate mouth rinses and things like that. Just because, you know, studies have shown it kind of helps and placebo always works anyway. But for someone who wants to lose weight, I'm never going to say, go and get some beta alanine, go and take HMB or anything like that. It's it's again it all depends on the client and people don't know how to do that yet in the industry i don't think they see what athletes are doing and go oh my client must do that because my athletes look good 
let's disregard what they do all the time in their activity. Let's just go. It must be that one HMB pill that they don't pay for anyway. And they get given by the supplement company because they're sponsored. Let's just do that. Forget all that activity they do and how much they bust their ass. It's actually that pill. That must be why they look so ripped. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the biggest ones at the moment, uh, I've seen a lot of posts Instagram wise, is CPD oil. CBD oil? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that, that's a cannabis oil, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at some of the stuff. The problem is it's so early that there are no credible, credible peer-reviewed studies because of probably ethics. I don't know. It's not... It's very hard to find stuff like that. I've seen it. People make some wild claims about, you know, neuro neurology stuff. And if someone's got MS and what it does, um, we don't know. The problem is it's so early. We don't know the side effects yet. Even if that does happen, what happens in 20 years time? I don't know. Especially when, especially when it's been drawn, I've I've seen a fair bit of whether it's uh, sort of alleviating kind of stress or that kind of thing. Obviously it's from cannabis, but maybe we're in a lot of people. (laughs) Because we know cannabis can induce kind of anxiety symptoms. Um, How do you know that, mate? Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, my <laughs> girlfriend's psychologist. It's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're saying it can reduce, or it could, it could uh, actually increase the chance yeah. of anxiety and depression because of the cannabis factor. So it's a drug. So it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. It's just it's been beaten around. If anyone wants to shine some light on it, or I've taken it be amazing to see what the side effects were of is it medicinal I've seen... yet is it actually prescribed as medicine yet i don't know i don't know i've just seen a fair bit of it kind of like yeah this is what you're going to be taking oh, holistic health <sighs> yeah all that functional stuff any functional <laughs> all, 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 and functional like, medicine no. if, if if something's called functional medicine if it was bachelor medicine they call it medicine yeah medicine just <laughs> means no <laughs> science don't know <laughs> but i'm a guru here you go so I was like, that's what real medicine's just called medicine. Absolutely fine then. It would have been taken. I say it on the course as well. I go, don't worry, I'm gonna take your blood. I'm just, uh, don't worry about it. I'm an unqualified nurse, it's all good. <laughs> so I'll go to an unqualified doctor and take what they tell me. Because they're functional. Fine. I'm a functional nurse. Let me just take your blood. Fine. On the performance nutrition, if somebody saying giving somebody jelly, I think when uh recently it's like six months ago, then they they produced um what's his face? Wins multiple uh bike races. Chris Froome. They really oh, saw yeah. his uh, diet, didn't they? They were just like, yeah, he's just plowing down Haribo's. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> just absolutely just Haribo'ing up. It's so hold on. If I eat all those Haribo's, I'm going to be an expert cyclist and I'm going to look. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. My quads are going to blow up. Uh, was, within, like, was he, it was 100 grams carbohydrates an hour he was, he was doing, right? Yeah, like it generally comes to, you can work it out by, via body weight usually. It's a certain amount. Um, sometimes it's 9 grams per kilo. Uh, it depends on yeah, what? No, you end up doing, off the top of my head, it was something between like 14 of those like uh, like shoot things from like LucasAid shoots. Oh, uh, disgusting. Like, like two of them an hour. Yeah, the yep. fructose things. And then two <laughs> other things, two or three other things like an hour. Okay. And he was just like plowing them down. And then some Harry Bows on the side just to get his, And it was just like 600 grams of carbs, no protein, yeah. no fat. And that was that was his, that was his in, in kind of performance meal. That was yeah. They need it, yeah. And And sometimes it's even ten grams per kilo. And then, but he's he's cycling for about six to eight hours. (laughs) Was any of that like slow burning carb? Probably not. No, I don't think so. If he (laughs) could make keto, he'd become fat adapted. Oh, I should have done that. Oh, but but that was uh, because when they released that, because that was the thing. A lot of keto warriors came out and said that he was he was he was going heavily low, low carb. And then because uh, they yeah, on his was. on his on his days off he'd be eating like salmon avocado and that was like no, no, cause, energy because yeah. that's what he wants to eat because he's yeah. he's been like his nutrition gone yeah just go enjoy yourself is so many calories allowed it's fine and he's probably <laughs> sick of carbohydrates yes <laughs> he's probably been like fed that much carbs yeah he's like do you know what I don't want, I don't want to eat carbs anymore just give me yeah. like fat and protein fat. for God's sake. Yeah, that's probably what he wants to do, 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, he's, he's got to make a certain weight, obviously, for his bike fittings to be correct and all that kind of stuff. So it's really interesting. And for um, that doping, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to be the right weight for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't know about that. It's fine. <laughs> that wasn't a big... If anyone legal is listening, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't state that. It was a joke. It's not defamation of character. Uh, no, it's, it, it says on the top of our podcast, our opinions are, are our own, mate. Absolutely yes, fine. I'll just get sued on my own. <laughs> <laughs> 
nothing to do with me. Nothing to push bodies limited. Absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> right, mate. Um, let's bring this to a steady close because we're, we're creeping on an hour. But there was something that I wanted to do for stupid things on the internet. Um, let's see if I can get this up because I did save it on Instagram. Uh, and Dan sent me a for a few. Also, Seb James sent me through a few as well. Who? Um, uh, idiot that I work with. Um, he's one of my apprentices I think he's yeah we take him under our wing we're, we're you've you know. got like basically whenever I see Josh he's got like Callum and Seb and he's it's like a little gang and, yeah. <laughs> and it's, they're kind of snuggling up to Josh I'm not gonna be like that I'm gonna be honest um, mate what can I say I'm trying to help people I take people under my wing those that are less fortunate and all that do you know what I mean I think I've just got the attitude of like nah I'm alright it's cool <laughs> I've got Dan. I don't need you as well. It's fine. That's it. Uh, all right, where are we going? Uh, I put it in my saved. Some such... While you're searching for it, I think I do think what we need to do is a little, or you need to do it because no one's going to follow me anyway. A poll on whether, you know, we just kicked Dan off off the podcast. Now. <laughs> well, it has been it has been filtered, and it has been a discussion between myself and Dan. If Josh okay. was willing, and we might put this up. Um, that we might bring him back as a recurring guest. Oh, um, you don't want that. <laughs> if you want this to last a, just for one commute, <laughs> if you don't want to be listening to this for three days, you probably don't want that. But we got some good feedback off the last one. And you from generally Josh, know from me and my mum <laughs> and my wife. My, my wife would give me good feedback, to be fair. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, stupid things. Um, so this was posted originally, well, I, I found it on Nick Grantham um his page he's if anybody he's his, his instagram is zero two two six which is something nick grantham is a performance specialist for the snc bible basically he wrote that and he oh. teaches on the ukca ukca big player guy really really knowledgeable seen him lecture a few times he came and lectured it for me um basically on sports drills this kind of stuff does a lot of a lot of cool work um but him and Dr. Roger Lloyd uh, did a big, you know, the first student conference that I presented at for Middlesex for SNC. They were that must the have been so boring. The keynote speakers. I did. I was like, how many master, people fell asleep? Master student. I did like a ten-minute presentation on Paul. Oh, that uh, must have been awful. I remember my first ever presentation. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a master student. This is my thesis. It wasn't even my thesis. It was like a mock thing that I got asked to do. They were like, "Oh, I've Tom, you want to stay in my life? All I do <laughs> is go and get drunk." I had to do. I had to do like a, a little talk on endurance athletes, strength training, strength training for endurance athletes. I was like, "I've only ever done sprint in my life." Yeah, I don't I'm, lift. <laughs> I don't lift yet. I'm 21. I was like, I have no idea about strength training. Mm, I was like. I was like, why am I talking about it? I talked about the research. It was fine. I, but yeah, if anybody listens to me, it must have been about 2000. I don't know. Whenever I did my degrees. Um, yeah, it was awful. All right. So this it was... hasn't changed much. <laughs> pretty much. So this was uh, a chap called Alvaro Morata. Uh, he plays for Chelsea. You've probably seen it. Um, his S&C coach. Um, this is a quote from Morata. On, upon his gym work he's kind of turned a little bit of form recently he starts scoring a few goals amazingly because he's crap but um so on his gym program it's all natural work that we do in the gym nobody does weights i've never seen a player with a weight on the pitch what quote from alvaro Morata from his snc coach at chelsea <laughs> and uh yeah absolutely mental this was some one of the things that uh there was there was a big spoof video of not a spoof video there was a video a while ago it must have been about five six years ago of atletico madrid snc go look up on youtube if anybody's going to see it so atletico madrid snc protocols and it's the most barbaric thing i've ever seen this is only about six seven years ago so you've got griezmann jumping on these stupid like bozo balls doing these awful squats just <laughs> absolutely running on a pitch on a pitch doing this stuff and uh this was also one of the things about Arsene Wenger that he got left a little bit behind for the SNC knowledge because it was always it was always body weight training it was always TRX stuff it wasn't any kind of lifting that heavy because he didn't really like it because but and also we got caught up in this um a few of the players at Brentford refused to do some of my programming because it was too strength based and they're gonna lose their quickness on the pitch and I was like all right yeah I'm gonna show you this picture of this massive rugby player he doesn't lift weights <laughs> yeah he- <laughs> He is rapid and he cuts like hell. 
He I'm sorry. It was done through you, mate. <laughs> it was like and Brian Habana. You stop rolling on the pitch. Do a bit of weight, <laughs> and your knee won't pop out. Brian Habana had a 10.2 hundred meters. Crazy. <laughs> Look at what sprinters do. What the sprints do for main of their training? Olympic lifting with crazy weights. One of the other keynote speakers at the the S and C uh, the student conference was the, the S and C coach for Usain Bolt, and he was and he showed us like the. Uh, the Is he just doing weight training? <laughs> his uh, S and C program. It was the most basic S and C program I've ever seen. It was like yeah. three to twelve, three to eight, all this stuff. It was just he was like the guy's naturally gifted. Don't need to do very much. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I quite like that. Yeah, he just he just yeah, free. We do what he wants. You <laughs> like he's gonna win. So, um, yeah, but so it's all natural work that we do in the gym. Nobody does weights. I've never seen a player with a weight on the pitch. Barbaric. If anybody thinks that is the right what? thing to do, it's just mad. Shame on Murata for saying that. Shame. If that's, you... the actual, if that's the actual thing that's happening in like that facility. I can't imagine it is. 100% can't. Do you imagine. think the players go out to like Waitrose or whatever and go to the wife, listen, babe, I can't pick up the shopping today. <laughs> I can't carry any weight. Yeah. You know, just. Please pick it up. I'm gonna lose all my speed. Ooh, all right, lose all my quickness. I'm gonna lose I'm... my quickness. I feel it already. Yeah, please take this shopping. And I can't. I can't even. I can't even lift this butter knife. I can't even spread butter on my bread, babe. They don't eat bread. They're probably keto. Yeah, I um, had that from uh, one of the one of the Brentford lads, and he was like, "No, Tom, uh, I'm a touch player. Like I lose my touch." I was like, "I lose my touch. What does that even like? Right, football. This is why I don't like football. What does that even mean? <laughs> I lose my touch." So I guess it's the proprioception of being able to bring the ball in under some decent oh, control. And I was, but then it's if, if I suddenly become stronger, then I'm going to be like kicking things like too hard, and it will bounce off. Oh, definitely, a hundred percent, mate. It will oh, literally go out of the muscle, out of Wembley. <laughs> muscle control. It's like if I stick you on a leg extension, it doesn't mean you kick really hard. No, it definitely is, mate. You <laughs> the amount of uh, times I try and walk and I literally do a single leg jump into my room because of how many squats I've done. It's unbelievable. <laughs> mental but yeah um That's, but this is it that like this is the the problem with sports well what is this chelsea yeah um the problem with it with sports it's it's highly reliant most sports out there are highly reliant on talent especially the ones that are highly paid when you look at proper athletes and i mean well what i'd consider proper athletes because of how they train and how they live life people like rugby players etc they are busting their asses their snc coaches are amazing but that's not they, they do it like for the love of it because they don't get paid to do it yep. it's crazy but look at football they don't need to do it they do not need to do anything because they will still get loads of fans listen to watch what they do because they're just gifted they don't, don't care and they're going to get shit loads of money and the snc coach will go i don't really need to do much who cares whereas a rugby player they will bust their ass off off and in on the pitch and they won't really get they'll get recognition for from rugby fans but I'll never get the money it's ridiculous I mean obviously the context of that quote is king and obviously we don't know the outlines of it there is no <laughs> context <laughs> there may be on on a some sort of like parallel universe somewhere that there's a bunch of players that are all physically gifted and amazingly they don't need to do any S&T programs and that's all they have to do to reach their peak condition but I wonder what Chelsea's injury rates are. What, do you know what their injury rates are? I have no idea. Uh, that was that'd the, be interesting. That was the issue with Arsenal, right? That they used to rush people back too quickly. And it's probably because they weren't strong enough to withhold positions that they went into. Um, but by the by, suddenly stopped happening. Uh, now they've got a different s coach. coach. Uh, yeah, really interesting. But yeah, we know that that's probably not optimal for anybody. So yeah. if you're training a youth footballer, uh, I mean, James Ralph does a lot of football people. Um, oh, mate. you got to follow that guy. What's his Instagram? Uh, JR Athletes Edge. Oh, oh my God. It, it just it just makes everybody jump in lots of strange ways, basically. It's is all crazy. I can <laughs> so JR underscore Athletes Edge on Instagram. Yeah. If you just watch his stuff and his explanation of what is speed, what is power, what is strength, and the stuff he does like ground reaction time. Yeah. And I, I he took me through a testing session the other day. It's just... Oh my god! This guy can literally from a standing from standing still double broad jump. I think it was something like uh, six meters, not six meters. Wow! Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was. I think it was something like that. Right. Yeah, five six meters from standing still. I got to one meter. I might have one leg, 
But even if I had two legs, that might be two meters. Like this is this guy is literally the bouncy man. But yeah, unbelievable stuff he does. I'm gonna measure my double broad jump. I reckon I can get close to that. Mate, your hip will pop out of it. <laughs> I've front squatted three weeks in a row. Fuck you. Jeez, oh, great. <laughs> and I actually got a compliment from one of my clients. They're like, your quads have like blown up. I was like, because I've squatted. <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> begins, yeah. mate? The Ubi thing gains, is, me on land is rubbish because I was a kayaker. That in water, I'm I'm like a fish. I'm great. <laughs> and even actually, yeah, I was saying before, I, I've really taken up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Sitting down, I'm great. Stand me up. I'm surprised I can walk. And I can't. Actually, I can't. <laughs> I can only really walk slightly. So, yeah, sit me down. I'm great. But anything standing, nope. I just can't compute it at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, That's guys. Me. All right, we've, we've, we've jumped over the hour mark. So we're going to let you go and enjoy yes. your day, basically. Right. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I was like, yeah, Josh, within tight 45, we'll be absolutely fine. That's what, the general commuting time is 43, 45 <laughs> minutes. Uh, yeah, we're done. Uh, I, didn't this is what I didn't run. <laughs> this is your this fault, is, mate. This is what happens at meetings. They last for six hours. Um, but yeah, we're fine. Um, cool, guys. Obviously, I'd like to know thoughts. If you, we if if we get enough good responses, we might ask Josh to be a recurring guest because I think it's he generally knows what he's talking about. No, no one's going <laughs> to listen up to this point anyway. You're going to see an hour and go. I'm going to do half hour. This will do. <laughs> but a second, but what are they talking about? Oh, never mind. I just flick over. Skip, 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 skip. skip. Yeah. Um. Everybody knows where to find him. Go. F- Follow him on um, whatever his Instagram is, LD Man. Um, if I want to go do, yeah, you do PT courses. If you want to become a PT, a lot of people become PTs now. Um, yeah. But bear in mind that not a lot of people practicing PT. Is it like 90%? 90%? No, it's something like Yeah, 90%. Out of the industry as well within two, one year? Two yeah, years usually well. because of their bad teaching and they don't know anything. So if you want a decent teacher, go look them up. All right, guys. Uh, Dan will be back next week. Uh, he is currently living it up in Centre Parks. So I'm sure you follow him on Instagram anyway. Um, Troll <laughs> him as much as possible. I want to see him on some sort of log flume or like those water rides that they see in Centre Parks. It'd be amazing. Um, if he can do a face uh, live of that, that'd be phenomenal. Um, yeah. All right. And thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next week. Thanks for having me.